G'day, I'm Kevin Hillier, and welcome to You Can Always Tell Them You Played One Game. A look at the first game of a celebrated and maybe sometimes not so celebrated AFL-VFL career. That's all thanks to Star Sub, locally made sports apparel. There's no minimum orders, quick turnaround, and a two-year warranty. Find out more about them by contacting Jeremy at starsub.com.au. But let's get into this week's story, and joining me, Paul Daffy. Shaking the tackle, Michael Barlow is the man we're speaking to, Paul, the man who made a, a very, very auspicious debut in the AFL ranks. Uh, yes, he did. I mean, and he kept some, some, there's been the odd debut over the years where enormous debut and then just fade into oblivion, but Michael Barlow kept going. Yes, he it was did. Like, it was like his debut was a spring for, springboard for greatness there. You were that, ready that, to that, go, Mick. Part of the season. You were ready to go, weren't you, when you finally got there? I was, Kev. Uh, Paul, thanks for having me. Um, I was listening to a uh, quiz question the other day, and Dean Polo was the answer, and it took about five or six people to actually get the, uh, get the answer right. So that would indicate that... Um, you know, his debut was fantastic, but then he did go off into oblivion. So I'm probably <laughs> pleased at this stage. I'm not a. Um, I remember that your question. That that he was yeah. best on ground on a Friday night for Richmond, and then he uh, yeah uh, the Dreamtime game. Yeah, it was right. You're right. He's played yeah. the last ten years yeah. for Albury, so he's uh yeah he didn't last oh, at Richmond very long. Flags. He's winning lots of flags. <laughs> he is winning lots of flags. Yeah. Well, you certainly made an auspicious debut for the Dockers. 33 possessions and two goals. Did it just feel right? I mean, did you just feel like, yeah, this is just me playing footy? Uh, yeah, Kev, was the easiest game of footy I reckon I've ever played because uh, <laughs> I'd walked into, I suppose, a professional environment uh, having kind of fought and scrapped for the opportunity to get there. Um, and then, yeah, it... it just all went right. Like the team played really well, and um, I was as fit as I ever had ever been. And the, the skill level around me around me was phenomenal. So um, you know, the ball would come to you exactly where you wanted it, and you feel like when you get it, you had more time and space. So it was a bit of a perfect storm, um, and it did get a lot harder, I think, as the career went on. And also another aspect of your, your debut game, you are given a lot of license to go out and. Uh, just enjoy yourself and there's not as much expectation on, um, I suppose, externally or internally structure-wise. There's a little bit of a leg rope there, probably for your first 12 to 18 months in an AFL system, but mm. more specifically your first game. So, um, yeah, you learn pretty quickly that um, you know, the more games you play, the, the higher the expectation is of you to... Um, you know, be compliant to, to structures and, and all the other stuff that comes with being an AFL footballer. Now, it was, it was a, you were playing Fremantle, of course, against Adelaide at Subiaco. Freo won by 56 points. Mm. I remember there was a huge reaction over here 
in in in, uh, in Victoria at the time. This is amazing. What's this bloke doing? Like he he's been toiling away. You were only twenty two. Now it's not unusual for a state league player to actually. This is only ten years ago. It seems like a different time now. You were considered like this alien, this freak, because you were making you were making your debut at twenty two, and then you yeah. got all these possess- all these disposals. I mean, did the reaction sort of mean anything to you, or did you just or, or you were just uh, fine with what was going on? Um, well, Pods, who I'd played with the couple of years previous, he he was debuting at twenty nine. So yes, well, there's. He, he, yeah, he made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> he was considered a freak. <laughs> you played with him at Werribee, of course, didn't you? Yeah, with Werribee for my first year, 2008. So um, <laughs> that was a bit of a thrill. I remember playing a um, NAB, NAB Cup or NAB Challenge game, I think they were called back then, against him at uh, Freo Oval, and that was a bit of a bit of a humbling experience. But also, um, I got drafted with Alex Silvani, who was out of the Casey Scorpions. So That's right, yeah. he, was 20, he was the same age as me. Probably six months older, um, but we got from the day we got there, we got grease that we were twenty-two years old, and um, you know we we're essentially past it and we we're washed up and we were. Hang on, the club told, your club recruited you told you this or? Yeah, oh, the, the, the fellow first-year players would go on the first-year camp and oh, right. um, you know you'd be surrounded with eighteen kids and nineteen-year-olds, yeah, kids, and when you're twenty-two, um, you feel. Yeah, like you're right out of their demographic, and, and funnily enough, now I'm playing at, at Werribee, back at Werribee, and, and surrounded by the similar demographic. And um, yeah, I probably don't feel too too dissimilar to what it was when I was 22 or 23 at, at Frio. So um, interesting, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic that a, a lot more blokes are getting opportunity at the age. And um, you know, Tom Stewart, second year in All Australian, Tim Kelly. Might even win a Brownlow. Um, yes, in his second year. year. So yeah, that's right. It, you always you hold a fair affinity to the guys that, that come in a bit later and, um, yeah, that, that kind of pick it up and, and run with it because you know, when you're in the professional environment after toiling away for so long, it is just a bit of a, you know, like a bit of a uh, pressure valve just releasing, like, how good this? And then just a personal reaction, you're, remember you were 188 centimetres, and it was the first time I'd real I realised that now midfielders are center, what what we used to consider centre half forward types, but a bit, not so long ago. Six foot two, yeah. Three a few years later, Freo in the grand final with Nathan Fife and Matt uh, David Mundy, and that, both of those two are over one ninety centimetres. So it was sort of there was this midfielders just became taller and bigger. I actually remember writing about you when you at Shepparton United. You were at one eighty eight centimetre midfielder playing the Golden Valley team as a nineteen year old. I thought that's in country footy. That's like centre forward height. What's he doing playing in the midfield? But uh, but that was the way. Midfielders were getting taller, and you were sort of at in that in that wave, I suppose, of taller, bigger-bodied midfielders. Is that fair? It's fair to say that. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I think you talk about the grand final, um, and I think yeah, myself, Dave Mundy, and Matt Five, who were kind of our predominant mm-hmm. three midfielders, we were essentially at that time anyway. Five has gone on to be. Um, bigger and stronger, but we were clones of each other. I think we were all 190. You're 190, oh yeah? Okay. We were, well, yeah, 190 and between 89 and 91 kilos. And um, life is kind of muscled up a bit and yes. grown even more since then. So, but it was, um, yeah, it could, it, it, it's a fine line not there in the AFL to kind of make sure you've got a good balance with with kind of guys that, that size and then putting some speed guys in. Hawthorne did it really well. Um, I think even. In that era, when they won that grand final, they'd always have like Lewis and uh, Mitchell, 
and then their kind of speed guy, Piopolo or Silrioli, and mm. uh, that kind of stretches the uh, less way to put gentlemen like myself and, and Fifey and <laughs> Dave Mundy a little bit. So, yeah. Mick, um, you, you you didn't do go through the TAC Cup. You know, you went to Assumption College and did all that, and you finished up at Werribee in a couple of years at Werribee, where you won a BNF, you won a, a Team of the Year a couple of times, you won the Fothergill Round Medal and all that. Did it did it occur to you towards in the, sort of the middle to the latter part of that second year at Werribee, the first time round, that it might not happen? And and what what were you thinking would be the case if it didn't happen? Yeah, that's a good question, Kevin. I think after my first year, I um. I was probably more optimistic than I should have been because I, I, I made the team of the year. I didn't have a, a super year, but I had a really consistent year. I played every game in the seniors and um, played half forward, uh, kind of a position that was pretty foreign to me. Um, and got to the end of that year, but essentially got given the brief from St Kilda after doing a pre-season there the year before that have a good year at VFL and, and where we're in here, you know, like we'll get, we'll get back on here. But mm. um and I suppose I was a bit naive to how the AFL system works. That um, you know, it is a jar- it's so hard to get into. And I was kind of figuring that out slowly um, after that first year. No one, no AFL club contacted me, and I was a bit, uh, a bit disheartened by it to be honest. Because you know, I'd nearly got drafted out of the Golden Valley, and then I'd gone and actually done what they'd asked me to do, and um, yeah. hadn't hadn't been called. So um, yeah, Simon, I've mentioned this a lot, but Simon Atkins had a chat to me after the draft and I was training at wherever but I hadn't signed as yet because I was still considering, you know, if I didn't get drafted, what, what my next course of action would be, um, which happens a lot at the state league level, is it? You know, it's, it's a huge commitment. So did I have that commitment in me or am I happy just to, to go back to the country league and, and kind of get on with my life? Um, but that was huge. He said to me that night after the training, he goes, you know, oh, we're, we're, we're shattered, um, we're, but we'll do everything we can um, to, to this time next year for you to be on an AFL list. And that was, um, you know, I get a bit emotional talking about it because the, the investment that people have had in me over my career is huge. And, and Axe that year played me in pretty much every position um, on the ground bar, probably ruck, and gave me you know, jobs at halfback and um, played on the wing and, and through the midfield a lot. And, yeah, my game actually did go to another level, which I think again, gave me another year's apprenticeship, I suppose, to be ready to play at the, the senior level. So I was really disappointed after my first year at Werribee, just kind of disheartened by how the system worked. And and then I had 10 clubs talk to me the next time around and um, missed out on the national draft. And you did. It wasn't easy then either, no. You, you were overlooked yeah. in that national draft, 2009. Yeah, and I remember um spoke to 10 clubs going into it, but I still knew that I was... I was aware of how hard it is by this stage. And yeah. um, I remember it was on the radio, so you kind of had to listen to the radio. And I had family and friends around. And but you are old. Kind of, you didn't know what was going on and didn't get drafted. And um, essentially, like, it, it was a three week period between draft and rookie draft. And yeah. uh, nowadays, it's only three or four days. And, and that, that's such a great move by the AFL because those, those kids and players are in that situation. It's, it's horrible. Um, and. Yeah, so the rookie draft came and got the opportunity at, at Prio and taking a number eight in the rookie finally uh, taking a number yeah. eight in the rookie draft. Yeah, twenty two. So. Okay, and then again that that was a conversation between Chris Bond and Simon Atkins that made that happen too, wasn't it? In many ways. Um, yeah, there's a few people that claim it, <laughs> but, but um, 
Yeah, Chris Bond, general manager at, at Trio. Uh, just kind of got the ins and outs on me, I think. Um, Axe probably didn't divulge everything to, to help me out a bit. So he's done, done well. And, and um, yeah, they have a really close relationship on the end. Axe, Tasmanian, uh, went through their footy together. Um, oh, yeah, right. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was great that I think I, cause I trained at Essendon for the week leading up to it. And Kyle Hardigan, who, Hardingham, who was um, training at Frio. Uh, and Essendon knew that uh, Frio were keen on him, so they'd taken Kyle with their pre-season pick um, and were hoping that I'd sneak through uh, to their first rookie pick, I think. Um, Adrian Adoro tells me. And yeah, he. I have get great pleasure in seeing Adrian around the traps. You'll see him a fair bit now. <laughs> he, he has a cafe on in Port Melbourne, at where I live now. And um, yeah, I bumped into him once or twice. And uh, he's great though. He's just like, oh yeah, we probably would have liked to get. Yeah, but Kyle Hardingham had a had a had an honest career himself. So yeah. Um, yeah. Now, just that that, that, that one game, <clears throat> it was Freo defeated Adelaide by 56 points, 17-16-118 to 9-8-62. Mm. You had 13 kicks, 6 marks, 20 handballs. So there's 33 disposals. Most disposals on debut since Champion Data started taking them in 1992, beating yeah. Brad Dalziel's 32 on debut with the Brisbane Lions you broke the machine, in Mick. 2008. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also making their debuts, you mentioned Alex Silvani and Anthony Morabito. He was taken to number four in the national draft. Injuries curtailed him. Tony Armstrong made his debut for Adelaide. Rory Sloan played his second game. Uh, Brownlow medal votes. Aaron Sanderlands three. David Mundy, two. Matthew Pavlich, one. So you've had 33 disposals, the most on the ground. They didn't give you a Brownlow vote. Yeah, filthy. I didn't know. Complain about that? <laughs> had no idea who I was. So, um, <laughs> I knew. Where were you? Where are number 21? Who's that? Who's that they yeah, so it took me the week to actually, you know, get get some attention. I suppose from the men in yellow or orange or whatever they were wearing back then. But yeah, you mentioned the guys I debuted with. It was a, it was a thrill. It was kind of a changing of the guard at Frio. Yeah. Essentially, it was the second year into into a pretty heavy rebuild for them. Twenty oh nine saw them get players like um, Stephen Hill, Nick Subin, Matt DeBoer, uh Greg Broughton, uh, Clancy Pierce. A lot of guys that. Yeah. They, they turned over, I think, 14 players that year and then another seven or eight the year we got there. So to debut with Anthony Morabito and, um, yeah, Alex Giovanni was a real thrill because we were both the rookie list picks. Um, and, yeah, he bombed one from 60 and kicked a big goal. So it was all going right for us on the on the night. And um actually went to school with Tony Armstrong and really? who debuted for Adelaide at Assumption. Yeah, so he was a couple of years younger. So me and I still have a really close relationship with Tony to this day. He's fantastic. Um, he's from he's Albury Way, I think, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. And he does a lot for um, you know, the Indigenous, um, especially for the AFLPA, he works in the Indigenous oh, space. Yes, yep. So he, he's hugely uh, highly renowned and regarded in the AFL system. Greg Broughton, Paul Duffield had 32 disposals. Dead Heslin kicked three. Tyson Edward had the most for it. Tyson Edwards had the most for Adelaide with 25, and Taylor Walker kicked four. It was only his 15th game, so he was a young bloke. Yeah. The next week, you got 34 disposals, Freo beat Essendon. Mm. The next week, down a bit. Freo beat Geelong by seven points, but you only got 17. Then you're back up to round the 30, okay. beaten Sakura. You were tagged. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Right, we'll go back. Round three. Freo defeated Geelong by seven points at Subiaco. Michael Barr gone from 34 to 17. So you were tagged Cameron in your third game. Yeah, Cameron Ling. So it was, oh. it was, um, it was all... 
that's Jeez, they, they put the big, the big dogs on, do you? That's when it dawned on me. And I actually um, cracked a rib in the first contest of the game. I reckon I received a handball and then Ling came off the back of the square and not Neville Brun's Dermot Brereton style, but um, much more <laughs> tame than that. <laughs> and it was very legitimate, but I just kind of... Ling, he was a big guy. Wind knocked out of me a bit. and um, Yeah, that kind of opened my eyes to, geez, this is um, AFL football when... Uh, yeah, the rain. Did they won the premiership year four. Catch, yeah. That, uh, hang on, you made you made your debut two thousand ten. Yes, they did. They were running yeah. premiers. Yeah. So they were running premiers, and um, they, they actually supported them. And uh, oh, did you? Uh, yeah, and Kevin Lincoln goes to you, and you're playing with Joel Corey, who was probably my favourite player, along yeah. with Scott West for a long time. And um, yeah, we got the win. It was a huge win. It was brilliant. Paul Duffield kicked the goal late in the game to um, another rookie from memory. I think Paul Duffield. Yeah, yeah, from Darkham. Coaching Darkham nowadays. Darkham. Darkham, yeah, in what? the in, in the uh, rural rural WA. Oh, oh, okay. he's, from, he's from the yeah. south down there. I know he's a uh, his uncle Paul. Yeah. Uh, but Free had a good start to that year. Then he, mm. you um, round six, the, the your first derby, you've won best on ground, Ross Glendening medal, and he, I think he awarded it to you. Didn't take it off you. Uh, yeah, what do you have? 20, 25 disposals in that game, and Freo got up. So. So how are you feeling first about, six weeks. how are you feeling about the world and about the footy world at the end of round six with a with a you know Glendinning medal around your neck? Were you thinking it was pretty good uh, darts this uh, this football caper? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too bad actually. I was still driving the Ford Falcon that um, I bought for two thousand dollars uh, <laughs> out of when I was fruit picking in Shepparton, so I wasn't. I was still humble enough. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think I did and, that once uh, it nearly killed me Tally Garupin I was fruit picking when I was 19 yeah, that's an awful that's, um, no wonder you played footy that, that's an awful caper picking well I, yeah well I knew I knew that that was probably oh, I was hoping that was behind me when I was playing going first six games after the uh, into the 2010 season but um, yeah as the fighter jets just fly over here there's something going on but um, yeah the, the, I was Always maintained I was very lucky to win any of the Glendening medals. I think that like I was okay in those games, obviously, but I, I always thought I probably... You, you mentioned that I didn't get any Brownlow votes in the first game I played. I, I probably feel a bit stiff about that, but at the same time, I feel fairly fortunate. I got away with three Glendening medals. Did you really? Probably, yeah, I probably wasn't the best on the ground in... Any of them, I don't think. But Have you still anyway, got them? Yeah. What, 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 do you, what, do you, yeah. what does one do with Glendening medals? Um, yeah, I've got one in a frame of my first year with my footy jumper and um, right. a couple of photos which the club made up for me um, during my first season. And then the other two are uh, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 man. How quickly they become complacent. <laughs> They were still they were giving you medals then because they they still were feeling guilty about that first game not giving you Brownlow votes. Yeah, well I don't know. If, yeah, I'll have to look up if I got the Brownlow votes and those Glendening medals uh, in those Glendening games because uh, yeah I don't know if I was going. I probably yeah pinched a few back over my journey, so I, I don't. I, ne- I never. It's it's like yeah sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. You, sometimes you get them when you don't deserve them, and sometimes yeah. You, you don't when you do, so yeah, you take a good with the bad. You're, they're a big deal in WA. It's amazing you moved back to Victoria. Three Glendinning medals. Oh, after this, I'm standing out in seven degree weather at the moment. It was 24 in Perth today. Yeah. <laughs> the way I'm thinking about. Yeah, it could be tempted. Um, best first year player of the the Players Association in your first year, but it, there was there was that there was that horrible moment in your first year that that still must send sort of it certainly sends shudders down the spine of anyone who saw it. I think. 
Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I think I, I, I wasn't overly phased by it in terms of the how it all went. Like people bring it up to this day about you know how shattered I would have been or whatever, but I wasn't really like I was. Not was an ideal, but at the same time, I, I, I always maintained that if it had happened twelve months earlier, then I would have never got my shot really. So, because yep. um, it did take quite a while for me to get back from it. Um, mm. Yeah, realistically, yeah. We're talking about the you broke your leg in round fourteen, so you played fourteen straight. And yeah. Then, then you missed the next eight, but you still won the best first year player. So it's not mm. a bad effort on fourteen games. Late in the game, you'd actually had twenty five disposals by the time you broke your leg. Yeah, so, I was, I, I, I was tell, again, I'll tell a story a little bit that uh, footy can, life can kind of catch out because catch I did, yes. did remember thinking late in that game, I was like, this is all pretty good, life pretty fantastic and um, you know, my brother, two brothers were over watching me and my um, now sister-in-law. You're one, um, of, you're one of six, I think, aren't you, more? One of five, yeah. Five? So, and I remember I was just thinking about it, it was like the old smacking Port Adelaide and I think this is pretty cool, like it's... Um, yeah, my family's over and we'll go out for dinner tonight. And I ran back with the flight and I was actually thinking about, about it when I was when the ball was coming away and then it just can all come crashing down pretty quickly. Um, yeah, so it was a bit a bit, a bit of a flattener on the uh, dinner plans anyway that day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it won't yeah. be a dinner. I've just I've broken a leg. I'll get, I'll get back yeah. to you later. I'll be there for oh, dessert. You broke your fibula oh. and your tibula just below yeah. your knee. Yeah, yeah, it, was a, it was a bad break, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It was, yeah, and it took a while. It probably took me two years really to get back back to full full capacity. Did your uh, Did your family go for dinner that night, or that? They did, yeah, because I was in tears afterwards because I was because uh, you were missing tea. You know, yeah, well, I was, that's what I thought when my brothers walked into the change room because so I had had some um, pain relief, which was quite strong, and they my brothers walked in. They were smiling, and I was crying, and I said, "I can't make dinner. I'm so sorry." And they're like. Oh. There'll be other dinners. <laughs> yeah, we'll see tomorrow. So, yeah, all is good. Well, you came back uh, what a year later, around uh, around thirteen in twenty eleven. You came back. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it was yeah that next year was was hard yakker. Like it wasn't, I wasn't at all ready to come back. I was sore and probably rusted a bit. Didn't kind of um, respect kind of how my body felt um, for a good part of that. Like when I. The closer I got to playing, I think I played one or two games in the waffle. And That's fair enough, wasn't it? Yeah, it felt okay, but um, yeah, I was pretty sore for the rest of that 2011 year, and, and yeah, I was a bit uh, disappointed, I suppose, with, with how I was going, but also frustrated that, you know, that that was when I realised, gee, this is hard work. You've got to regain it, momentum now, don't you? You've got to regain the momentum, and you know, I suppose the perception could be that uh, yeah, like we talked about really early, you know, he's a, he's a one-hit wonder. He comes in and, you know, it was all a bit of a fluke. But um, I suppose I ground out uh, a career in the end to kind of prove it. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't uh, there was persistence and there was hard work and there was commitment to it. Well, you certainly learnt resilience on your journey to Absolutely. the AFL. So and just when you say sore, do you mean he saw where the break, what, what, do you mean sore where the break was or just nah, sore in general body sense? Yeah, no, I had a lot of soreness in my leg, um, but not specifically where it was broken, but um, probably a bit lower on the outside. That was the main part of, of soreness. Um, is, that refer- got- is that referred from the original injury, sort of compensating or something? Uh, or yeah, a bit of compensation and, um, yeah, I think, yeah, not not getting all my muscles up to a certain, uh, you know, strength and, and power before okay. um, progressing, yeah, my rehab. 
So what's the uh, what's the broken bone count at the moment on the Barlow body? Because it's a fair yeah. it's a fair score. I think there's twelve surgeries in the end by the end of my career. It's two legs, uh, two jaws, um, both thumbs, a finger, uh, a shoulder, which was which, which was horrendous. My shoulder was up there probably with my leg injury, um, and then just some other bits and pieces along the way. Yeah. So we ended up playing 141 games. I mean, two, two years of Gold Coast, we should say as well. So 15 yeah. games, there, 11 goals. 141 games, 92 goals. It's not bad, Kev. After yeah, it's a, very good. The initial struggle to get there, and, and you're still still, still going now. Still going very well for him. You just come back from another injury, from another broken jaw. <laughs> yeah, that's three. <laughs> so that's three you've had of those, mm. um, and uh, and going nicely at the moment. Uh, how how are you feeling about your form? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy enough. I, I suppose two about two weeks back from the jaw. Uh, and we're four and three, so I'm, I'm really happy with where the team's at. It's an exciting position for the team. Um, we'll learn a bit more this week about where we're at against Casey and then going to buy, but I'm pretty happy. I'm really, um, supposed to me at the moment, is, uh, yeah, I've still got the passion to play at the level, but I want to develop other players and, and get the best out of other other players as well, which, which I've always wanted to, but it's more of a coaching capacity. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm probably playing a little bit uh, I'm trying to mix my role up a little bit more, playing a little bit more wing and a little bit in, of inside, so I can, you know, not stunt the progression of Matt Hanson and Tom Gribble and okay. uh, Matt Sorgarinas and those guys. Can I ask you, But what about outside footy? What are you, what are you doing? Why are you studying or you're working? Yeah, or? I'm doing a bit of coaching. Oh, well, I'm doing. I'm assistant coach at Werribee, but also mm-hmm. just doing some one-on-one coaching, um, which I'd probably consider my part-time job at the moment um, with the company that Andrew Rains. Um, oh, yeah? three club play he starts up and, and then trying my hand at some media stuff so I'm in Kevin's back pocket a bit and oh, yeah. been doing oh, some, yeah, right. some calling and some special comments capacious and, back but, pocket it is he looks very good in a suit on Channel 7 I can tell you that yeah. I saw him the other week he looks he scrubs up very well in a suit does young I don't want to see you on and, Channel 7 in a no, suit Kevin no. absolutely yeah. not Channel 7 and uh, yeah made my debut commentary play by play calling on, on Saturday in Adelaide so. did you? yeah who yeah. for? Uh, 60R in Perth so actually calling the game, yeah. So, so you're, you're, is it is it what you want to do? Move into that 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 sort um, of area, or maybe just, just yeah, happen? I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself a couple of years to, to really figure that out, whether it's coaching or whether it's the, the commentating or whether it's something else. I, at the moment, I'm fairly intent on kind of staying in sport and staying in football. So, oh, good. trying your hand. Yeah. Have, have you got this signature motif you're trying to develop, like uh, <laughs> Wow We or something like that, or um, what, just letting it letting it happen? Letting it happen and hanging out there, yeah. Very good. Best way to go too, Mick. Trust me, that is <laughs> that is the best way to go with it. Forget all the forget all the novelties and stuff. Uh, a bit of quality party is, tricks. Quality will go a lot further than the uh, party tricks, mate. Uh, just want to say thanks for your time. Uh, uh, great to relive the memories of your first game and your first season, and uh, it's good to see you still enjoying having a kick around to do with the boys down at Avalon Airport Oval at Werribee. And good luck for the season. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. If the house is rocking. from the path, beat two of them, the cavalry arrives, Barlow tucked up against the boundary, that is awesome, and you've seen a better team goal than that. You've been listening to You Can Always Tell Them You Played One Game. 
And that's with thanks to Star Sub, locally made sports apparel and brilliantly made sports apparel with no minimum orders, a quick turnaround and a two-year warranty. If you want to find out more, and you should if you're looking after your club, contact Jeremy at starsub.com.au.